Welcome in to the rantings of a fantasy football fanatic. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah, that's right. Fanatic. I'm <laughs> fanatical about fantasy football. And we just wrapped up another incredible Sunday in week 10. And I really cannot believe what I saw. It was everything you could ever want packed into one Sunday. We had chaos in multiple games. Horrible coaching decisions. We had stud players filling out to their potential. Hello, Mr. C.D. Lamb. Woo, baby. We had rookies showing out. Christian Watson. We had it all. We had quarterbacks taking over when they needed to. We had defenses stepping up. It was just, if you had enough time to watch all the games, you would have been thoroughly impressed with what you saw. So I wanted to jump into the, the Sunday takeaways that we had. The top, how many? Ten. Not five, but ten take, takeaways we had this week. And let's just dive right in, shall we? What do you say? I mean, is there anything else to say except who, who's number one? It's Justin motherfucking Fields, man. That guy is incredible. And now on third down, Fields on the it, and there's room to run for Fields. Oh, Fields, baby. Turn it on the speed. Fields on the angle, trying to outrace Okuda. Oh, and he'll beat him to the goal line for the touchdown. Oh, wow. I don't know what else you could say about him. He's taking fancy and the NFL by just stardom. He's living up to everything you could have asked for. It's we're up to five straight QB one performances, and realistically, almost six. He just he was QB thirteen six weeks ago, so he just missed it. But we have had five straight top twelve quarterback performances and back to back QB one performances, going blowing past forty in both of them. And oh yeah, guess who he gets next week? He gets Atlanta. So realistically, you could be looking at not one, not two, but Three. That's a turkey in bowling. He's bowling out of his mind. He's hitting that pitching that three hundred, the perfect game. It's incredible. I I literally can't wait. It's it's very weird with Fields actually because if you look at his performances and what he's done, he's very much an island producer. And what I mean by that is he does not give present fantasy points to the other options on his own team. Like he kills the run rushing attack, so he nukes David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. And you desperately need passing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns because if Fields is wrenching them all on himself, like, you're cooked. Like, like Mooney wasn't anything special. Like, Komet had a good game. So, Komet, Komet really was the star of the show because he, he took over. He led the team in targets, yards, had two touchdowns. Like, it was nice to see. Komet, he giveth life to Cole Komet, which is nice to see because I was like, you can drop Cole Komet in week three. I was like, I'm done with him. Could put. So it's nice to see at least Fields supporting one fancy asset. Last week he supported Mooney. Claypool was the weirdest thing. He was a ghost, but it really didn't even matter. Honestly, it was Fields. It was Fields, and there wasn't much else. On the other side of the field, Ahmed Rao. He's just a stud, man. ARSB, baby. I know people were worried about him, but why? What were you worried about? Chicago's defense sucks. Amon Ra is healthy, and guess what? <laughs> 11 targets, 10 receptions, 119 yards. That's just a cool 20-plus points for Amon Ra. Even Swift got a little bit of the action, thankfully. I mean, he did not play enough, but he got a touchdown, right? And then there's Jamal Williams, just double digits once again. But 
realistically, this this game was all about Justin Fields. I had someone ask me a question this morning: Would they want to start Fields or Josh Allen? And this is what we were really unsure about. I was like, I can't, I can't bring myself to bench Josh Allen. But if you're worried about Allen and you want to go with Fields, it's a perfect matchup. Go with Fields. And I hope they did because Fields played out of his freaking mind. He's just, he's a rushing star. He's 13 attempts on the ground. This is bananas. So if you did the math on just the attempts he's doing, it's crazy. I don't, I just don't get how you can stop this. Look at these rushing attempts. He's got 13 this week, 15 last week, 8 the week before, 14 attempts the week before that, and 12 the week before. Like, that's literally incredible. That gives you such high, high bar for a fancy quarterback. It's out of control. But, yeah. It's just Fields. And then if he gets a little bit of passing, which, yeah, he had two passing touchdowns. Hello. Boom. This is how you get your mega games, right? This is what they always talk about with, like, Lamar. If you hit on the passing, that's where you get the, the true ceiling game outcomes. And that's what Fields is doing. He's getting passing touchdowns along with his just elite rushing usage. It's it's incredible to see. I could talk about this all day if we wanted to, but bravo to you, Mr. Fields. You are locked in fantasy QB1 of the 2021 class, and you are moving into that truly elite tier of dynasty quarterbacks because it's a it's a massive win for Chicago. They've got their guy, and you might think like that's that's all it takes. Yeah, sometimes that's that's a huge win finding that franchise quarterback. In Jacksonville, we're still not sure about Lawrence. Like he was nice today, but you see it with Fields. He's a true difference maker, and he just he can take over games. It's it's special to see. So I'm I'm thrilled with it. I doubted it. You can check my tweets. They're not great on it. I was like, I'm done. I just can't do this with Fields anymore. And then what happened? The offense came into place, and they started rolling. And, yeah, I'm looking like an idiot on that one. But he was my QB1 coming out last year, so I'm happy for it. So I just love to see it. Um, the next matchup, you can't kill Tom Brady. He's dead may never die. What is dead may never die. He is what is dead may never die. That's l realistically what it is, right? You think you got Brady in the ropes in Germany. And by the way, can we give a shout out to the German crowd? It was remarkable stuff. Watching like that felt like an intense almost World Cup match with just all the noise and all the fandom going on mixed in with the NFL game. So it was remarkable. It was one of the more enjoyable just crowd experiences from watching at home. You will see. And not to mention you have Seattle, hometown boys, Seattle, going against the Bucks, who are still playoff caliber. This is this game was a playoff caliber matchup. Seattle struggled. Gino turned it over after Tampa Bay turned it over right to them. And and right at the 10-yard line, just that was a killer turnover. But Tampa Bay was up 21 to 3. And Seattle found a way to just chug along, chug along, get back in it. And you saw Geno Smith turn it on at the end. But yeah, but just both these quarterbacks, they're Brady's still good. Gino, very much good. I don't he he proved it against I know Tampa Bay is not what they were, but they're still a good team. The bigger takeaway from this game in general is Rashad White. He had 22 carries and Fortnite is dealing with a hip injury. So Rashad White could end up being a quote unquote league winner. I don't like to use that word very much, but so I don't know. We don't know what's happening with Fournette, but it could be Rashad White season from this point out. And if, if you have Rashad White on your rosters, 
you're loving this. <laughs> Those carries, once they get, he gets a few more pass attempts that's coming his way, it's wheels up. Of course, Godwin showed out. Evans was, he was okay, but it was really the Chris Godwin show. For Seattle, Lockett found a nice touchdown late. Metcalf was actually pretty solid. And yeah, Julio Jones showed life. So hey, not dead yet. Congrats, Julio. You, you can't kill Julio either. This The Bucks team's got some really old heads on it, but those are Hall of Famers, man. They know how to ball. So we shall be seeing these two teams in the playoffs. So congrats to the Bucks. They earned the win. And yeah, Brady ain't dead yet. You'll be seeing him come January, folks. Our next matchup, CeeDee Lamb is the freaking truth, man. I've been saying this forever. I've been with him at my Dynasty Wide Receiver 3 for the longest time. He was my Dynasty Wide Receiver 1 until Justin Jefferson was like, listen, I'm a bet. Pollard back in the game. Fake it to him. Deep drop. Prescott lofty one. He's got it. Lamb going to walk in. Touchdown, Dallas. That's why we're on planet. I was like, all right, I'll give you that. And then Jamar Chase, he balled out. And I was like, you know what? The dynasty market loves these guys so much. I get it. But I know everyone loves AJ Brown. But this is what I've been talking about with CeeDee Lamb. You finally get the efficiency attached to the elite volume that he's getting. Because, like, Lamb threw it 46 times. But guess what? Or, sorry, Prescott threw it 46 times, right? But Lamb, 15 freaking targets. That is... Is like a 30 something percent target share. Once again, Lamb is the king. He's he this offense runs through him. It's so great to see. Elliott was out. Guess what? Pollard balled out. No surprise, right? You take Elliott out the lineup. Guess what? The most efficient running back in the NFL. He's gonna put up fancy points. That's what he does. Oh, but man, more of those ghosts just still haunting Dallas because they could not put Green Bay away. No matter how much they wanted to. You can't kill Aaron Rodgers either. Look at that. They found a way to get it done. And I will say, the overtime, there was some serious BS because that was a PI on CeeDee Lamb. That would have definitely changed the whole thing. But, you know what? It wasn't called. So, you got to go with that. And, of course, Green Bay found a way to get it done. Aaron Jones, monster performance. Get you doing, I wish. And the other star of the show was the rookie Christian Watson. Hello, young blood. We see you. He was just, he's so explosive. You see him on the field and he's just got burners. He's, he's just, he's a different kind of athlete. Like there's guys that stand out because just how athletic freaks they are. Yeah, that's Christian Watson. And I know we were talking about Romeo Dobbs and all that stuff, right? But it's why receiver course sucks. Like Lazard, quote unquote, wide receiver one, right? Four targets, three receptions, 45 yards. That ain't nothing, my friend. Literally just, it's why receiver course sucks. So, there is very much a path for Christian Watson to be a focal point and be the wide receiver one on this team moving forward, which is what which is what Green Bay was hoping for this whole freaking time. Like, I know they had Lazard, but if you're counting on Lazard to be your wide receiver one, the wide receiver core sucks. He's he's solid. He's like he's a fine NFL wide receiver, but he should not be the top guy in your offense. If he was in Dallas, he would be the wide receiver three. Like, pretty simply. And he might lose targets out to freaking Dalton Schultz. So, like, that just shows you the level of, like, talent that Lazard is. He's fine. But, yeah, it's nice to see Christian Watson stepping forward and showing out. Basically, that second window, that was fun. it was fun to watch. So, he gave you a different aspect that offense did not have before. And it was good to see. It's nice to see Green Bay making some explosive plays and actually doing something in offense. Because guess what? 
then Aaron Rodgers can actually do some stuff because before it was just ugly. So both Dak Rodgers had very good fantasy games. Both went over 25 fantasy points. So it was nice to see. Overall, just another one, they say, another playoff type matchup with two quality teams. So congrats to everybody involved. That was just, it was fireworks all around. So I was happy to see it. Dallas should have won the game, but you know, the let team hang around and you lose. So they have no one to blame but themselves. And they, they probably cost themselves the division with this loss because Philly's still undefeated and you've already lost to Philly, right? So you have, you're basically chasing four games at this point with Philly. So pretty much gave Philly the division and the path to just walking to home field advantage. But we'll see. And Dallas is a very good team too. So both these teams should be in the playoffs. Next up, I don't know what is going on with Buffalo, but something just seems off. I it's hard to put your fingerprints on it, what necessarily it is, but and I know the schedule is very good. Minnesota's a very good team. But are they really that a team that only has one loss on the air? Are they that good? It's like uh Yeah. I mean they're eight and one, so they're yeah, they're really good. And man, I I just yeah, speaking of elite players, Justin Jefferson. What more could you want from this guy? He's incredible. If Find me a better wide receiver than the NFL. I urge you to find me a better wide receiver than the NFL. Because did you see that one-handed catch he did on fourth down to save the game for Minnesota? That was remarkable. I, I was watching that and my jaw just dropped. I was like... Two minutes left in a four-point game. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. Justin Jefferson pulled it in. The catch of his life. What just happened? This is insanity. Oh, yeah. And by the way, one of the other top five wide receivers on the other side of the field balled out too. Stephon Diggs. Like, these are kings. These are king wide receivers. Like, these are the top dogs going at it. And it was just, it was a joy to see. Um, Cook had a really good game. Singletary found his. So, you know, there was, there was plenty of points to go around for everybody involved. Allen kind of struggled a little bit. And obviously the injury had a bit to do with that. I mean, he's still, he was still a freaking tank bulldozing. and he had 84 rushing yards. So it's not like he was just nothing, but it wasn't a typical job. Like he played well, but there was just a little something off from Allen today. Not to the same level we're used to watching where you're just like, this guy's the best quarterback in the league. And I'm assuming that it was the elbow had a little bit to do with that. But yeah, they, like that was the craziest finish. I've seen it the longest time. All you got to do is you just got to run out the clock after you stop Minnesota at the one HR line because Kirk Cousins doesn't reach the ball out right. And then Allen loses a snap in the end zone. Freaking Minnesota recover for a touchdown. And then Minnesota just plays trash. The worst prevent defense that just, it doesn't even, it's not even a challenge for a team to drive down like that, right? And it's like, what? I just don't know what you're doing. So, of course, guess what happened? Buffalo drove right down, no problem, because it was far too easy. I get you don't want to give a touchdown, but you elite, you can't just let teams walk in for like that. It's so frustrating when teams do that. But yeah, Minnesota found a way in overtime, get it done. So, congrats to Minnesota. You guys are eight and one. You were in the driver's seat in that division. So, yeah, unless they fall apart down the stretch, Minnesota should win the NFC North. So, yeah, if you if you have money on Minnesota earlier, give yourself a little standing, a little clap. Bravo. Like, 
they're finding ways to pull these games out. And that's what matters because NFL, it's that razor edge, right? It's just so close. Um, the next takeaway, freaking Patrick Mahomes, man. This guy is just, he's not human. He's robo- He's robotic with the things he, like, you can't phase him. It doesn't matter. He just had another game. 26 attempts, 35 completions, 3 out of 30 plus yards, 4 TDs, and even 7 carries for 40 yards. It's like, and Lawrence played well. Like, he, he played pretty well, but man, he just got. You're hoping Lawrence becomes Mahomes at some point in his career. It's it's unlikely because Mahomes is just quite possibly the greatest quarterback of all time, right? But, man, it was just lights out. And they lost Juju, and that was that was a scary injury. Nobody likes seeing that when you're just like, you see those type of injuries, you're just like, yeah, my heart's on for Juju. That's that's not what anybody wants to see. So hopefully it's not the major. They take time letting him rest up. Do not send him back out there. Like I Let the man rest to 100% healthy and you get Clarence for because nobody wants to see that happen to Tua. Like we don't want that to happen. Like nobody wants to see that, right? So an in-stepped Kadarius Tony for him. So it was... You see why Kansas City brought in Tony. And also, what the heck, Sky Moore? Like, we're just going to blow it out for Sky Moore because he's, he's done so. I mean, maybe next year, but for this year, he's kaput. Like, you you can drop Sky Moore. He's not taking over. It's just, you hate to see it, but there's there's a role if he, like, could ever figure it out. But Kadarius Tony comes in just just – freaking moss the dude like he showed up big time and he displayed that freak athleticism which he has which you'll see that's a trend right these these freak athletic nfl players show up on the field and if they're good enough which a lot of all of these guys are good right it's not sandlot players that you just be like oh you want to play some football no these guys are the best of the best football players in the world and then you have these guys who are freak athletes even for nfl players and that's Kadarius tony the things he could do the way he can contour his body and he can just cut on a dime. People can't do that even in the NFL. So you see Tony and you see why they brought him in. But I just don't understand what the Giants were like. What were you, what happened? We needed a 30 for 30 on what happened in New York because they basically just Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Kept Kateri's Tony and just locked him away. We're like, nope, you can't come out. We're not going to play you. And I don't know. Why they did this? Because that wide receiver course sucks, and they can really use another guy. So yeah, hopefully in like twenty years we get thirty for thirty. Like, what happened to Kadarius Tony? Right, especially if Kadarius Tony goes on to be a very good player in Kansas City, uh, then you'll really get some steam with that. But yeah, and on the other side of the field, Christian Kirk, like, the dude's been good. He's been very good, and he's continued undervalued. So, congrats to Christian Kirk because he put on a show today. Just another two touchdowns, twelve targets, hundred plus yards, like. No big deal. ETN was a bit of a bust. Like, he finally got a few more receptions this week, but it's just they couldn't really just ground and pound him because they got down too early. And that's the thing. That's what happens. If you're game script dependent like that, which ETN kind of is, things will happen where if the game gets out of hand, which it did, KC just ran away with it, and that's a problem. And then you, you have to change your game plan as an offense. So that's the issue whenever you play Kansas City Mahomes. If Mahomes is on top of his game, you have to throw your game plan out, and you just have to, like, you have to bring it. Otherwise, you just get left behind, and sometimes the running backs suffer because of it. That happened to ETN today. I wouldn't worry too much about him. It won't be a big deal moving forward. The next takeaway is 
Holy fork balls. This Miami offense is redonkulous. Like, what? I just... It's what you've given to it is you've basically given him a Ferrari on one side and a McLaren F-150 on the other. And defenses just cannot handle two guys like this because it's too hard. Like, we saw... We saw Kansas City, right? They did this with Tyreek and Travis Kelsey for years. But guess what? You know what? They just added Tyreek to Jalen Waddle, another guy who's just a freak on the field. And you see it. Like, they didn't even, they really didn't even have big games today, but they didn't even need to. Like, it was ground and pound today. Like, Tua threw it 32 times, which isn't a ton for him, but he was deadly accurate. Just 285, three touchdowns, just. No turnovers. Tua was a beast. Jeff Wilson, by the way. Woohoo! This scheme, I it makes sense why. McDaniel brought him in, right? Because you see it. Like you see how much of a perfect fit Jeff Wilson is in this scheme. He comes in basically first he got the full week practice this week, and he comes in and he just gets freaking twenty-two total opportunities. Mostert got twelve, so basically that's Jeff Wilson's backfield. And they both contributed very well. Mostert got the tutty. Wilson got a tutty. So they, they both, 22 fantasy points, 18, like right there, right? But Mostert just had a few more to play, so that's kind of why I have it, right? He <laughs> Eight carries for 65 yards. That'll do it. Wilson was very much the, he was the guy, and then Mostert was the 1B. But realistically, this offense, it's fantastic. It just supports fantasy assets. Like, if you're a player in this offense, Unless you're the one with the tight end. That's about the only thing that doesn't produce Kasiki. Everyone else just dominates. Um, yeah, Amari Cooper. Oh. This is Amari Cooper, dude. It's just it's just weird. He goes on the road. He's crap at home. He's a monster. I don't I can't figure it out. I don't know. It's home away splits. Who knows what's going on? Um, yeah, like Brissett wasn't, you know, he's just he just covered it. Brissett. Nick Chubb was a beast. No surprise, right? Nick Chubb did what Nick Chubb did. But Miami just put it on Cleveland. And their defense is good enough to hold up. And without Deshaun Watson, Brissett's not the type of quarterback to be able to just put up 40, right? Like, he can't do that. Especially with the scheme they have. It's very much roadway. So it, it leads to these weird games for Cleveland. And that's why, you know, Cleveland's, what, 3-7 and seven on the year? Like, there's a reason why. The defense isn't that good. Or, sorry, they're 3-6. and six. Or, no, no. Yeah, they're 3-7. and seven. Um, they just can't, right? So that's the problem. But bravo to that. Just the the clinic of those those three assets, right? Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle are just mind-blowingly good. And then this run scheme is just perfect to Jeff Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson, another one of those guys. Like if you have him on your roster, you're loving life. Our next takeaway is Saquon Barkley was freaking Earl Campbell today. Do you know how many rushing attempts he had? 35. Redonkulous. Okay, so the craziest thing about this is New York only passed 17 times. They didn't need to pass at all. Houston sucks. Like, Houston's very bad. So it's the perfect matchup where you can get Dable just to lean into the run. And oh my gosh, did he lean into the run. They had 41, 46 carries. <laughs> Two seventeen pass attempts. That's an insane run heavy approach because like they knew they didn't have to do anything. So guess what? Daniel Jones had a good game. He was on the waiver wire pickers for me. Saquon Barkley just 
pound the rock for 152 shots <laughs> on the ground. This is crazy. He only had one target. It didn't even matter. Like, he got you 23 fantasy points. You love that performance from him. Obviously, that's not what you want to see because that's going to break anybody down. Like, that many ridiculous carries. This was Derrick Henry last year, right? So, but why I mentioned Earl Campbell is because Houston, you know, the old Houston Oilers, he put it off. I can't what you saw. So, it was just crazy. And Damian Pierce was good once again. Like, Pierce is good, man. I'm still skeptical of him in Dynasty, but it was nice to see. A little bummer that Wandale, anybody really didn't get out. I mean, Slayton had a big touchdown, which that's what Slayton does. He's a big play machine. And you saw the rookie corner just, just whiff, and Slayton took it to the house. So it's just like, outside of that, this off, <laughs> there was nothing in the passing game. So I was hoping for a little more from Wandale, but the way the game broke out, you didn't have to do it. Hey, it was nice to see Nico Collins show up, though. Brandon Cooks. Hey, thank you for finally getting on the field because – Plenty of people have been counting on you, my friend. So, but it was nice to see that at least. Davis Bills wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good either. He's just kind of just just a dude. But you know, he's able to support those guys. So, if you have Nico, you're happy about it. If you have Brandon Cooks, you're happy about it as well. Our next takeaway is blow out the fire. think you can put it out in LA because this is a serious problem and what happened freaking Cooper Cup got rolled up on and it looked real bad like he could be done for the year we we obviously don't know we haven't got anything McFay didn't want to get any details after the game but Wolford sucks he is not a starting quarterback in the league there was a massive difference between the two Colt McCoy played so much better than Wolford and it was two backup quarterbacks right so you're thinking like, oh, these, these wide receivers aren't going to produce. DeAndre balled out. Rondale balled out. On the other side of the field, it was just like Robinson was mad. Jefferson got touched on, so that's about it. But Cup had one of the weirdest stat lines of all time, like three receptions on five targets for negative one yard. So, yeah, Wolford just destroyed Cup and everyone in that offense. Like The Rams didn't have a chance. If Arizona just played a decent game, which they did, they steamrolled the Rams. So, yeah, the Super Bowl hangover is really sitting with L.A. It's just been a difficult season. I I was telling one of my groups, I was like, Cup and Stafford just need to go rest up and come back next year because the Rams got some issues they got to figure out big time. They're not a playoff caliber team. They made Arizona look really good, which is hard to do because Arizona has been this Jekyll and Hyde crew all game. But James Conner had a very good game. I'm shocker, right? The old vet doing what he did, just get a ton of work, balling out. So congrats to him. But yeah, Hopkins with 14 targets, Rondell with 13 targets. Like that's concentration at its finest. Zach Ertz, he could be out a long tide. So a takeaway from this is if you're looking for a tight end, go throw a flyer at Trey McBride. We don't know how severe the Ertz injury is, but if it comes out that it is severe, it's out a long span, extended period of time, go get the tight end one from the rookie class, right? Go get Trey McBride. He will be integrated in rather quickly. And the other options like aren't great. Like you had AJ Green touch a touchdown, but Robbie Anderson's nothing. Greg Dorch, they're just they're just guys like go pick up McBride. It, it could work out big time for you. On the other side of the field, freaking Tyler Higby, man. Higby was a focal point. Eight receptions, eight targets, seven three yards. Just monster performance from him. 
you get a double digit punch from any tight end, you're happy. So people started hitting me. Congrats. It worked out well for you. And yeah, I know we talked about JT, but the takeaway here is a whole baby JT is back, my friends. One 100 yard game. Second down. So there's a big hole. He's off to the races. Chased by Harmon. Chased by Webb. And you can kiss him goodbye. Touchdown, Colts. Oh, man, it was nice to see. And Jacobs, just another, like, this was two running backs just doing their damn thing. Jacobs looks really good. Like, this is the best I've seen Jacobs look in years. Like, he looks a lot younger. I don't know what he did in the offseason or what it is, but he looks explosive. He's shaking dudes. He looks great. JT, yeah, shocker, just broke with just a house call because he's a freak athlete, and that's what he did. So he put up 147 yards on a touchdown. Just like the difference with, with Jacobs is he had total receptions. He had eight targets and six receptions. Now, Derek Carr has been very hit or miss, and it's been weird in L.A. this year. I don't know how the head coach lasts. It's it's just you're going to have to cut him. And then on the other side of the field, you have people think the Colts are going to tank. Jeff Saturday is like, nah, we ain't doing that. And guess what? They bring in Matt Ryan. He plays pretty well for basically taking a month off. And look at that. The receiving options. They're back to life, thankfully, because Sam Ellinger is not an NFL-quality quarterback. Like, he's just not. So it was pretty clear what they were doing, but Jeff Saturday's like, no, we're not going to do this. Because this division's atrocious. And you can still win the division, but it's not out of reach. That's the that's the crazy thing, right? There's no good team in this division. So they have a good shot at it. So I, it's if you're like Indy, it's like, why the heck not, right? And yeah, they're not quote unquote lead division. That's Tennessee right now, but they're not that far back, and they're still trying to make it up. So, you know what? I say go for it Saturday. Prove that you're a quality NFL head coach, and we'll see where it goes from here. But yeah, it was nice to see. But yeah, Paris Campbell, by the way, finally he's he's staying healthy. I know he's been hit or miss, but it's just nice to see him on the field making plays because we've been talking about Paris Campbell for years. He's finally showing up, and. Like, on the other side of the field, Devontae Adams, shocker, still a king. Like, one of the best. Yeah, the top five guys, Devontae Adams is in there as well. There's, the guy just does it. It's, it's just insane. And there's literally no one else to pass you right now on that offense. Foster Moreau was actually good as, like, a dart throw tight end because he caught the touchdown. But, you know, outside of him, it's like Adams. Adams had 14, like, targets. It's just like, man. It's literally Green Bay 2.0. They plucked him out of Green Bay, stuck him in Vegas. Like, we have no Waller. We have no Renfro. So, hey, hey, Adam, you just want to get 40% of the targets again? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I would. Thank you. So, yeah, he had a monster game. It's just, I don't know. You just can't. It's these aging NFL receivers that are getting older, like him, Hopkins, Hill, all those guys, right? Diggs. They're incredible. And I know we want to fade them in Dynasty particularly, but it's really hard to. Because they're just so much better than everybody else. You're hoping whoever you're getting in a deal, if like you traded a young or you traded them for like a young player plus, right? You're hoping they become these guys. But these guys are truly superstars of the position. And you see it. They just do it every year. It's just like, man. It's it's um I know there was concerns with Adams, but he has squashed all of those concerns been a stud. So our final takeaway is what the living mother is going on. Kyle Shanahan, 
What are you doing? I don't understand. Awesome face paint job. What do you think? I like turtles. All right. You're great zombie. And Why would you? Like, I get it. Elijah Mitchell, he's good. He's a good running back with the ball. And you saw he's way better than McCaffrey. With the ball. But, like, what the hell? He he basically had the same amount of touches. It's crazy. They had 20 opportunities. They both had 20 opportunities. So, if you're splitting the work between McCaffrey and Mitchell, why are you paying that massive investment to go get McCaffrey. Like, I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me. It's the weirdest thing. And yeah, McCaffrey saved his day with a touchdown, but man, it, it was infuriating to watch this. Like, what the hell, dude? What are you, like, what, what are we doing? Why make that big splash for McCaffrey? If you're actually, you know what? We don't really need to use him. But this was just a weird game. Um, there weren't too many fantasy stars in this game. We had Ayuk. He was solid. Carter, like DeAndre Carter, he was solid. He got a touchdown. Palmer is not so great. Kittle did nothing. Debo did practically nothing. So, and Eckler had a down game too. But he freaking had 12 targets at least though. So you know he's getting the work. It's just, yeah, it just, the Chargers have issues. They are just not that good. I know we want to be like, oh yeah, the Chargers were there then. Guys to beat in the AFC West. It's their division, and it clearly has not come together for them for whatever reason. Staley's become this super conservative head coach. Really, last year he was wheeling the deal and trying to go for it. This year he's just not. And the offense just is just always not fun to watch. You watch it, it's just dump offs to Eckler. They're not even downfield. They're literally just swing passes or they're just legit checkdowns. Like he's not running like the routes. It's just sitting there. So it's gross. So they're just slowly plodding along. And they just don't have any wide receivers. You miss Keenan Allen. You miss Mike Williams. It's abundant. They just don't have anybody. And Palmer's the best wide receiver, but like he's Josh Palmer. He's the definition of it. Just an average NFL wide receiver. If he's your wide receiver one, this is what I was talking about with Devin Duvernay in Baltimore. You have issues. And it's very clear the Chargers have issues. Because you can't count on Palmer like you can those guys. So, yeah, the lack of depth for the Chargers is showing through. And we don't know when Mike Williams is coming back. It's a high ankle injury gonna be out a long time you just don't know and keenan allen like he's dealing with a hamstring and he's not coming back to the pit so realistically it's a josh palmer show and you're gonna have ups and downs with this type of player just because he's not that good right he's fine he's a fine nfl player like he deserves a spot on a roster if he's your wide receiver three you're fine with it but if he's your wide receiver one it's serious questions and you see it each week and it's just it's been a disaster for the chargers this year it's just been such a struggle for them offensively and both these teams have good defenses, so yeah, this is the issues come back with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he doesn't necessarily elevate the offense, and then you have a good defense, so they don't have to play fast or really force it. So you can just have Shanahan just lean into the run, and it's just it creates kind of these ugly matches. Sometimes that happens with San Francisco. The issue is the Chargers' offense isn't that good. So hopefully we figure it out because if McCaffrey is freaking in timeshare the rest of the year. That's cool. Suck uh, for your boy and a bunch of other people, right? So, yeah, those are our Sunday takeaways. Um, we have one more game. Y'all know who it is. It's Monday Night Football, right? So we'll see what happens. But the Eagles should roll Washington. They're just one of if they're not best, the best team in the NFL. Like they're they're just gonna roll. I don't know when they're gonna lose their next game, but it's gonna be not next week. So here's their schedule. We have. Washington, Indianapolis, Green Bay, Tennessee, the Giants, 
Chicago, Dallas, New Orleans, Giants game. I mean, the Green Bay game, maybe Tennessee plays well because Tennessee's a good squad. But outside of that, it's like win-win. I'm right off of just at least five wins out the gate at least and then a few questionable games. So, yeah, um, I fully expect the Eagles to be the one side. And Hurts is just wrong with them. So, yeah, it should be fireworks tomorrow at least because you're going to force Washington to play and try and keep up. So, who knows? Hopefully, Honeykin brings it. So, you know, we get something good. But it's going to be the Eagles show. Just just enjoy the game tomorrow. The Eagles, that's just all going to be undefeated. So, yeah, those are our Sunday takeaways. I want to thank you all for joining me on the rantings of a fantasy football fanatic. And we'll see you week 11. Take care. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn.